Well, if you have a Bible this morning, uh, I want to invite you to find the book of Luke. The book of Luke. I feel like we've been in the book of Luke for the last month um, because we have. We've been talking about the Christmas story so much. We're going to start in chapter 2 and then we're going to make our way to chapter 6. Now, Luke is the third book of the second part of your Bible, right? The New Testament. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then we have John. Those are the four Gospels. The Gospels are the life, the teaching, um, the birth, and then, of course, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so that's where we're going to be, the book of Luke, find chapter 2. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Now, this morning, we're finishing up our third message, or our uh, three-part series of messages that we've been calling carols, carols. Um, in this series, uh, and in part of my message today, um, we, we saw this other pastor talk about this idea of carols and and uh, it was just kind of a fun idea, so we're like, hey, we got to do that. we got to do this as well. And we've been looking at some of the most well-known, well-loved Christmas carols. Uh, we've looked at some of the history behind some of these. And then we've looked at specific parts of these carols um, that kind of set the stage for a powerful truth that we're going to talk about from the Bible. Now, last Sunday, um, Pastor Kyle started us off. We looked at, like, one of the best Christmas songs ever, in my opinion, O Holy Night. And we looked at this, um, at this phrase, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And then, just two days ago, on Christmas Eve, we looked at the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and we, and we saw how that little town was part of changing history forever, like this little town of Bethlehem doing this big, big thing, having this big event happen. And if you missed either of those, go on our website and check those out um, so you can get caught up because they're powerful stuff. And this morning, we're going to look at what is probably the cutest Christmas song Ever, because whenever I think of this Christmas song, I think of like little preschoolers like swaying back and forth and doing all these actions, and uh, oh, you know they're all shy and stuff. Anybody have any idea of what we're gonna talk about this morning? You got it. Away in a manger. Yes, we're gonna do away in a manger. Now let me give you a quick little history um, of this song. Um, is that just me or? Sorry, I'm getting super distracted. I hear this. Woo -woo. Can you turn me down a little bit or something? Or do I need to do something different? I just, okay, let's try again. All right, so this song, history of this song, uh, song was first published in an evangelical Lutheran Sunday school curriculum in 1885. 1885. Now, people tried to attribute the writing of this song to the, the great reformer himself, Martin Luther. People tried to say, oh yeah, he wrote this for his kids, and all this kind of stuff, and people started digging into it. That's not actually true. Um, it, we don't know who wrote this song, actually, but we do know that this song has touched many, many hearts throughout the years, and I want to show you why. Here is a little bit of the reason why. Check this out right here. that cute? What was amazing to me, 
Um, what was amazing to me is as I was shooting that video, I did that at Christmas Eve, the little girl in the middle, Maria there, um, she gets done, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay, the cattle are loyal. I'm like, dang girl, you know the second verse? I'm like, I don't need that. But it was, it was, it was precious. This song is so sweet. I mean, think about the words. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I cry shenanigans there. I love you, Lord Jesus. Look down from the sky. Bless all the dear children in your tender care. Like these, these words and these thoughts, they just, it just gives you the feels like this is perfect. It's so cute because it's this precious picture of this calm baby laying in a manger in the most perfect way. And Christmas even feels like this almost perfect time of year for a lot of people. We think about this amazing baby being born in this special way. And for some, this is their favorite season of the year. And, and, and maybe even for some, this is their favorite way to think about Jesus. You know, this cute little baby Jesus. And I'm going to show you a video clip right now um, of a prayer that shows how some people just love this little baby Jesus, the thought of this. But before I do, I just need to um, preface this video by saying I do not recommend you watch this movie at all, okay? I've never seen it before, and I don't think it's the greatest movie in the world, but I've heard about this video clip, and I watched it, and it's so perfect for what we're talking about today, and it's hilarious. So check this out right here. Dear Lord baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him <laughs> and his Jesus horrible powers. leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. <laughs> okay. Don't go watch that movie, please. Please. Even that clip I had to edit a little bit. Um, but man, it's, it was so perfect, and I just had to show it. Um, he's so stuck on the baby Jesus, this infant baby Jesus with golden fleece diapers and right I mean like what this is crazy multiple times he talks about his favorite type of Jesus and then others jump on the trend you know they're they're talking about their favorite type of Jesus we have party Jesus and bearded Jesus and ninja Jesus and baby Jesus um, but in the song away in a manger we have this phrase that comes up over and over again, and it sets the picture that we see in this song, in our heads, of what type of Jesus we're looking at here, right? The, the phrase is, the little Lord Jesus. It's said over and over again, right? The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The little Lord Jesus asleep 
on the hay. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. You, you get the point. Over and over, we have this picture of this little sweet baby Jesus. But that's not the complete picture that even this song presents. It doesn't just say the little Jesus. All right, what does it say? It says the little, everybody, Lord Jesus. The little Lord Jesus. He's not just some helpless baby. He's, he's also our Lord and our King, the one in charge of our lives. And Jesus is actually referred to Lord in the New Testament 740 times. It says Jesus and Lord or calls him Lord. Luke 2 at his birth is the very first time that we see Jesus called Lord. And I want to read that to you. So would you do this with me? Would you stand out of respect for God's word as we read a few verses here? Luke chapter 2 verses 4 through 11. Here's what it says. It says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord, Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, we, uh, we pray right now for your Holy Spirit that he would show us who you are today. We pray that we would understand this idea of lordship and what it means for us and what it means for you. And I pray that, that this would come across clear and that your words would be spoken, not mine. I don't always say it right. And, and I want your words to be the words that challenge us and change us this morning. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. You can have a seat. All right, so with, with Away in a Manger being like such a cute song, you would think that I would preach to you this morning this loving, feel-good message, and you would be wrong. Today is going to be a little bit in your face. It's, it's going to it's gonna go after the way many people live out their Christian faith just a little bit. So, um, so get ready, and if you get offended or angry, I'm sorry, you can... Yell at me later this afternoon. Shoot me an email. Best way to get a hold of me is Kyle at RLC. <laughs> he does that to me all the time. I thought I could do it once, right? Um, <laughs> no, for real. I think this is going to be good for us to hear. So we're talking about this line, the little Lord Jesus, that keeps popping up through this song. And so what I want to do um, for the rest of our time together is we, I want to ask the question, what does it mean to make Jesus Lord? What does it mean to make Jesus Lord? In, it, maybe in our relationships, 
What does it mean to, to, to make him Lord while we're working, while we're out doing our hobbies, while we're opening Christmas presents? What does it mean to make Jesus Lord of our lives? And the Greek word is kind of cool Greek word um, that is translated Lord in the New Testament is this word kurios, kurios. And it means supreme authority, controller, and Lord. And I know already that second word, the word controller, might be a little tough for us to stomach because we don't like others having control over us, do we? We like to be in control. And so to think of the Lord as our controller, that's like, it's like, ugh, it kind of feels gross. But thankfully, I can speak to you on this topic without reservation because I don't have a problem with this at all. I can't even say it without smiling, right? I'm not a control freak. I don't struggle sitting in the passenger seats of cars. I don't struggle, like, watching other people coach my kids the wrong way. I don't struggle going on vacation with others and letting them decide what we're going to do. Like, I just don't I don't struggle with, okay, I struggle with this a lot, all right? I'm a total control freak, you can ask. Like every time we go to a sectional meeting and I'm in the passenger seat, I'm like, come on, Grandma, let's get going a little bit here. Why are you driving so slow? Um, How many of you are like me? You struggle with control just a little bit. Some of you are like, I'm not going to raise my hand because you asked me to. I'm in control here. You can't make me do this. (laughs) But I have some good news for you. We struggle to make Jesus our Lord, but you don't have to make Jesus Lord. Isn't that great news? You don't have to make Jesus Lord because guess what? He already is. You can't make him Lord. He's already Lord. Our role is to surrender to his lordship. We surrender to the supreme authority, to the kurios. We surrender to the one that is in control. We surrender to the Lord. So, so let's talk about this idea of surrendering to the lordship, lordship of Christ. As Christians, we like to say that we are surrendered to Jesus, right? If I ask you, do you surrender your life to Jesus? Almost every single one of us is going to say yes. The problem is many of us live the partially surrendered life. This is where majority of Christian Americans live. We believe in Jesus. We believe that we are fully surrendered to him, but we we aren't fully surrendered. We believe in Jesus in our heads, but, but we live as though he isn't Lord in our everyday lives. In Luke 6.46, uh, Jesus throw, throws out this challenge, this challenging question to the crowd of people who is gathered. And I love this because he uses this, this amazing phrase. He asks the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Right, he says, Lord, Lord. He says it twice, like, why do, you, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you? He says, you don't really mean it. When you say, Lord, why do you say that I'm the leader of your life, but when it comes to following me, you don't really do it? I don't just want you to, we've all heard this, talk the talk. I want you to walk the walk. And there are so many so-called Christians today that believe in Jesus, but, but they still want to be in control of their lives. And I believe, I believe Jesus is Lord, right? We say it like this, I believe Jesus is Lord, but I, I still want to do whatever I want to do. 
I believe in Jesus. I believe he is Lord, but I'm not going to trust him and, and, and do, trust him with everything in my life. What we're basically doing is we're picking and choosing from God's word. We're picking and choosing from God's word what we want to believe and what we want to live. You know, you're like, I, I know that the Bible tells me that I should pray for my enemies and it tells me that I should pray for those who persecute me and I should forgive and all that kind of stuff. But after what they did to me, I ain't doing that. Forget that. I don't want that part. I know the, that when it comes to my money, I'm supposed to trust him and put him first. It says it right here that I should be generous with what he has given me, but, but I'm, I'm behind in my car payments and I, I really want to go on that cruise, so forget that. I don't want that part. And I know that I'm supposed to honor God with my whole life and I'm, I'm giving him Sundays, well, most Sundays, when I'm not tired from the day before and, you know, when, when I don't have something going on when the Vikings aren't playing or whatever. So, you know, I'm just going to sleep in today. So I don't want that part. And some of you are like, I'm out of here. This guy is a heretic. He is desecrating the Bible and he's going to get struck by lightning. Well, first of all, it, it wasn't the Bible. Okay, I put something inside of it. I don't have the guts to really rip pages out of the Bible. But here's the other thing. If I did rip things out of the Bible, I would be ripping out paper and ink. But many of us, we rip the truth of God out of our lives every single day by the way we live. By taking the control for ourselves by, by making me Lord, by making ourselves Lord, because this isn't Lord. He's not Lord. I'm going to do what I want. We make ourselves Lord when we just pick and choose pieces of Jesus' teaching to follow, or, or we choose the type of Jesus that we like, right? Like, I like ninja Jesus. <laughs> I like party Jesus. Many of us like laid back Jesus. I like American patriotic Jesus. I like the Jesus that forgives everyone. Even better, I like the Jesus that is totally okay with however I want to live as long as I'm a nice person. The problem is that's not who Jesus is. That's not who Jesus is. We can't call him Lord, Lord, if we aren't willing to let him be Lord the way he wants to be Lord, right? And so again, Jesus says, don't call me Lord, Lord, and just live however you want and do whatever you want and pick and choose the pieces that you want. If you're going to call me Lord, like, live, live like it. Live like you're surrendered to my lordship. And so then the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what areas of my life have I not surrendered? What have I not surrendered to the Lord? It could be our future. You know, I have my career, I have my family thing all planned out, and I'm not going to allow God to tell me what he wants me to do. I'm not going to go be a missionary. I'm not going to be a teacher like he wants me to do or whatever it is. This is my decision. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's a relationship that we haven't surrendered or the way we talk, the way we speak to people, or maybe there's an addiction in our life, or the way we spend our money. All of these things are things that we hold on to and say, I can make the right decisions here. I'm in charge of this. For me, 
It was my kids. I've told people this story before, but I, I used to pray and say, God, whatever you want from me, whatever you want me to do, if you want to mess with me, that's fine. But if you touch my kids, we're going to have words. And I remember in the middle of the night a couple of years ago, um, I had two kids that were puking their guts out, and I was literally like, God, like with the snap of a finger, you could fix it. You could, and it wasn't like it was just inconveniencing me. Like I hated seeing my kids like this. Some of you parents, you understand. Like there's nothing worse than being helpless and watching your kid just be sick, and there's nothing you can do. And I was like, God, come on. Like, do something. Don't you even care? And in this short but significant moment, God said to me, I love your kids more than you ever could. My plans for your children are better than any plans that you could have for them. And so what, what's it to you if I change their path? What's it to you if I take them away from you even? I am Lord. And I was like, wow, you're right. Seriously, in that moment, there was a switch that went off in my head. I was like, you're right, they're yours. Take them. Seriously, take them. They're driving me crazy, take them. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was not fully surrendered. I was holding something back from him. And listen, Jesus is not partially Lord. No one can be partially Lord. It's not a Lord if it's partial. And we are not to be partial followers. We are called to be fully surrendered. So what does it look for us to live not the partially surrendered life, but the, the fully surrendered life? Check this out. Romans chapter 14, verses 7 and 8 say this. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. So who do we belong to? The kurios, the supreme authority, the controller, the Lord. We belong to the Lord. When I buy a car, I get the title to that car. It belongs to me. If I want to paint it lime green, I can do that. If I want to crash it into a tree, I can do that. If I, want, if I want to use it to haul things or to use it as a race car or to deliver pizzas or to drive around the country in, I can do that. Why? It belongs to me. And I think you know where I'm going with this, don't you? If Jesus wants to use you by sending you to a certain place, or by having you give away all you have, or by talking a certain way to certain people, he should be able to do that. He should be able to ask you to do that, and you should do it. Why? Because you belong to him, the kurios. He is the supreme authority, the controller. And remember what we said earlier, he is Lord. You don't make him Lord. You belong to him whether you want to or not. Isn't that crazy to think about? You belong to him whether you want to or not. He's not just this six-pound, eight-ounce, tiny infant baby Jesus. He is the king of kings, the lord of lords, the supreme authority who is in control. You are his, but he is the lord, but whether you surrender to him or not, that's up to you. 
that's up to you. That's the choice you have. And this is where it gets a bit dicey because in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says something. And I love how the, this verse says the same, uses the same wording. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, right? We had that back in Luke 6. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you doers of evil. Do you see the difference? Those who say versus those who do. Now, we have this debate all the time, right? Faith by, you know, salvation by faith or works. James says it's both. If you have faith, you will have works. What we're seeing here with Paul in, in, this, in the book of Romans is he's saying, you can't just say, Lord, Lord. If you just say, Lord, Lord, but don't live it out, guess what? He's not really Lord, Lord in your life. There has to be something that comes out of it. There's a difference. Those who say versus those who do. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, not everyone who says they believe, not everyone who says that Jesus is Lord, right? Many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied and we drove out demons. How about this? Many will say, Lord, Lord, I went to church two out of four Sundays. I prayed before meals. I gave to that missionary who was going to China. But I never knew you. I never knew you. Away from me, those of you who do not do what I tell you to. There's a big difference between calling Jesus Lord and truly surrendering to his lordship, knowing him. There's a difference between saying Jesus has a place in your life and actually making a place, making room for him to be the Lord over your life. Music team, will you please come at this time? I want us to think about this song, right, Away in a Manger. We think it's so cute. It's this special song, Away in a Manger, No Crib for a Bed, right? It's cute. We're singing about the Son of God, the Lord of all creation, being born in a stable, laid in a manger. This is the creator of the universe, he deserves something better than that, doesn't he? It sounds so cute, though. Like, oh, it's sweet. All the animals around him in this beautiful little clean animal trough. I don't think that's how it really played out. I, I don't know about you ladies in here, but I bet if you were in this situation, you would have been thinking, this is nasty. Like, I'm giving birth in this Nonetheless, to the Son of God? So why did it happen like this? We're told there's, there was no room for him. There was no room. This world did not make room for the little Lord Jesus. He wasn't Lord to these people. And you might say, well, they didn't know he was coming. Yes, they did. You read, there's, there is prophecy after prophecy. People knew that the Lord was coming. People knew the signs. There were, there were foreigners, right? These magi that came from the east that saw the star, they knew he was coming. But all these people in Jerusalem, 
They, they didn't even recognize that he was coming. They didn't recognize him. They didn't believe in him. And then even after he grew up and did all these miraculous things, they still turned their back on, that, on him and they killed him. There was no room for him. And my prayer, my prayer for all of us is that we make room for him. Room for him as our supreme authority, as our controller, as our Lord. Now we're gonna sing a song that we sang earlier in our service that simply says, I will make room for you. Okay, that's the first part. And then the second part, it talks about lordship. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. Fits so great with this song, Away in a Manger, and, and with the idea of making Jesus Lord of our life. So, so let's take some time to connect and to surrender to our Lord. We do that together. Would you please stand with me as we sing this song?
powerful words, powerful words. Here is where I lay it down. This is my surrender. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. So what is it that you need to lay down? What do you need to surrender? Will you make room for the kurias to do whatever he wants to? Whatever area you need to surrender to him. And I just want to challenge you to make a commitment this morning to take steps in that direction. Maybe you need to stop doing something, a bad habit that you know you shouldn't be doing. And you're just kind of like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Ah, but Lord, if, the, if Jesus is Lord of your life, and maybe, maybe you need to make time to read his word and to pray more. You're like, well, I kind of do that, but man, Jesus is the most important thing if he's number one. Maybe you need to start being generous with your finances. Yeah, but I worked hard for this money. But is Jesus Lord in this area of your life? Maybe you need to change something in a relationship that isn't honoring to God. What have you not been willing to do for God even though you know you probably should? Right? We've all had those. Man, I really should probably do this, but I know God wants me to. I don't know. That's hard. That takes a lot of time. Okay. Is he Lord? Is he Lord? Make him Lord in that area right now. If you have anything in your life that you want to lay down, I want to pray for you. If you want to continue to make Jesus Lord of your life every day, I want to pray for you. So, so this is what I want to do. Just everybody close your eyes for just one moment for privacy here. If you want to make a commitment to Jesus to make him Lord in, in some way today, in any way, you say, I need to make him Lord of my life in this area. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Say, that's me. I have something in my life. I, I need to make Jesus Lord of this. Yeah, all over the place. Me too. Me too. Let's pray. Jesus, you, you are Lord. We believe it. We know it. But man, sometimes it's hard to live it. Help us. Help us to make you Lord. Help us to surrender every area of our life over to you. Help us to surrender to your Lordship. Sometimes we're weak. Sometimes we're just flat out defiant. But right now, you see our hearts. Jesus, you see our hearts. You know those of us who want to make a commitment to let you lead us, not just in our beliefs, but in our actions. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. Starting, starting this week, Jesus, help us to see the areas that we are not surrendered. Just kind of keep on bringing them up throughout this week. Like, whoa, there's another area. I wasn't aware of that. Help us to surrender those things to you. Help us to lay them down before you, even today, even this week, Jesus. Now, one last thing before we go. Maybe you've heard this message about how Jesus is Lord and, and you're thinking, man, I've never made Jesus Lord of any area of my life. Never even started that. And I know I'm not right with God. Well, here's the good news. Some of you are thinking here like, man, this Jesus, he's, he's kind of full of himself. He's kind of a dictator, right? Like he's gotta be in charge of everything. Listen, Jesus came to this earth to be Lord so that, not so that he could rule over you. He came to this earth to be Lord so that, so that he could 
have a relationship with you. He wants to know you, remember? Get away from me, I didn't even know you was the verses in our Bible. He wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship that honors him. Jesus died because he loves you and he wants to be with you. And, and you can be made right with him right now by believing in him and asking him to be the Lord of your life. So just one more second, bow your head, close your eyes for a time of privacy and reflection once again. If you wanna make this decision to start following Jesus today, you've never done this before and you're like, I, I wanna move towards this today, I wanna pray for you again. So I would just like for you to raise your hand, just keep it up for one second so I can see who I'm praying for. Nobody else is looking around, thank you, thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Man, this is awesome. This is awesome. Anybody else who just says, that's me, I, I wanna start. I wanna start this relationship. I wanna start giving my life over to him. I wanna start living with him in relationship with him. Yeah, thank you. So good, so good. Here's what I wanna do. I want everybody to pray this prayer out loud with me and I want you to mean it with your whole heart if you're making this decision to start following him today. So let's pray this together. Pray, God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are my savior and Lord Please forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you. Amen, amen. Let's celebrate all those. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right on. Now, before you go, if you made that decision, if you raised your hand, especially there at the end, and said, I wanna start this relationship, on the back of a Connect card, and maybe you already got rid of yours, Go find another one in a seat next to you or there's some out by the, uh, the boxes. Grab one of those and on the back, there's a place where you can just mark, I wanna start following Jesus and write your name on the front because here's the deal. I, I want this to be something that you continue with and sometimes making a commitment like that and, and we're gonna follow up with you and maybe even help you give, get some resources on now what? I made this commitment, now what do I do? So make sure you do that, okay? Grab a Connect card, write your name on it, check that box. And if you'd like to continue to spend time with God today, please, you don't have to rush out of here. You can come up here to the altars and worship. You can stay in your seat. But before you go, I wanna speak this over you, okay? As you walk out these doors and you go into your week, may you make a conscious effort to continually surrender to the Lordship of Jesus in every area of your life so that you may be known and that you may know your Lord. Thank you so much for coming this week. Have a great week.